Hello there, and welcome to episode six. I hadn't recorded any individual episode intros up until now because, frankly, I couldn't be bothered. The recording process has nearly defeated me technologically over the last few weeks, and adding another level of complexity in just didn't sound like a good idea. But upon the feedback from some of the listeners, I've decided that I am going to add these in. I'm also going to commit to releasing an episode every Monday. At the moment, it's been a little bit all over the place, but I think that Monday morning, get it on your commute to work and start the week off good with some interesting content. That's what I've committed to doing. Uh, I'd like to thank everyone that's listened and downloaded so far because we made it into the top 50 worldwide on iTunes podcast chart. So thank you very much for all of your support. I do really appreciate it. Hope that I can continue to bring you some good and interesting guests. I have been getting my Instagram stalk on and sliding into some DMs of some very interesting individuals. So over the next few weeks, you can expect to hear episodes with Mike Cashew, who is the CEO and founder of Brute Strength Training, with Kai Wei, the CEO of The Light Phone, Daniel Head, CEO of Romwad.com, and Phil Mansfield from Red Pill Training. Also got more episodes coming up with the guys from Propane Fitness as we talk about technology reduction and ethical uses of social media. But before we get onto that, there's an episode to listen to today. Now onto today's episode, I'm sitting down with Jordan Wallace, Tim Briggs and Paul Warrior, who are three of the head coaches at Reebok CrossFit Tyneside. They're all partners at We Dominate Nutrition and at Warrior Programming. Jordan has been part of the furniture at the European Regionals for the CrossFit Games over the last five years. And these guys are terrifyingly knowledgeable. <laughs> Their understanding of fitness and nutrition really is um, a testament to why their companies are so successful. But it is wrapped up in one of the silliest podcasts that I think I've ever done. It was unbelievably difficult to try and keep this discussion about fitness and nutrition when all that we wanted to do was make jokes and take the piss out of each other. But this is definitely one of my favourite episodes so far. So without further ado, here is Jordan, Paul and Tim. Well, what we need, this is the problem because we've done it late on a, a Red Bulls, mate. We're going to do that. We're going to fill you full of blue Smarties. And we're going to do, this isn't tonight. It's too late. It's too late. <laughs> it's I too couldn't. late. I'm going to be like, days in there. I've cancelled programming for this. Well, we've <laughs> got to go back and program. Get that look in Get whatever you want, mate. Get that sugar I think there's some tequila in there as well. Can we just put a coffee on? There's some Ciroc in there. Some yeah, pineapple. That sounds really nice. You know, pineapple pineapple Ciroc. You train us as well, Tim. Mate, it's stacked up. I need to. Tim's got everything, mate, isn't it? He's more money. He's too much money, mate. You two between us, honestly. You two between us. He's got more money than he's known to do with. No. He's dropping a brand new hat this morning. Was he, drop, was he dropping the mud? Same hat, though. When walking with dogs, he dropped it in the mud and he almost looked at it and he almost <laughs> didn't pick, pick it up. He was oh, almost we like, found out, I found out today that you've got a pair of joggers that have got semen and blood on them. As a diet, as a picture? No. They're not like actual semen and blood. Let's, That's let, a print. let me say, is this sentence correct or not? Paul has a pair of joggers that have got someone else's semen and blood on them. That's correct. That's a, that's the right phrase. But it's a fact. It's, 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 it's the same as a fact, though. Yeah, but it's the it's the cover off the Metallica album. The one that's like a weird graphic. Mate, Mate don't bore me with don't bore me with the details. <laughs> details, details. Don't bore me with the details. Fucking you over there. 
Didn't you have something dodgy in them as well? Didn't you? <laughs> what dodgy? Dodgy? <laughs> Didn't you have a dodgy to see you know. <laughs> <laughs> So there might be three things in there. <laughs> what else was in there that was worse than the blood and the semen? <laughs> Just adding to the list. Add to the bodily fluids. I messaged him and said I was a bit worried because I'd had a dicky tummy and I had my good, had my good pants on. <laughs> Are they your good pants? No, I was just saying, if they're not really that, because the Supreme ones, so they were like, they're quite... 300 quid, mate. They checked them out online. Right? Those guys are full of shit. They were 154. I've just Googled them. They're <laughs> <laughs> 300 quid. I've just Googled them. 275 quid, RRP. Oh, fuck. Not RRP. Resale. Oh, resale. Yeah, resale. I thought you got worse with resale. No, they get more expensive with resale. I didn't pay that for them. I bought them brand new. Fucking hell. We're just not in the fucking... We're just not in the... Not in the right game. Not the right game. I'm not quite in that game. (laughs) Gotta put myself out there. Tim's getting there, though. You are wearing more hats. Just wearing more hats hats makes me really happy. That's his thing. You're ignoring the fire safety officer's lecture to so you try and... Cop some power. Cop some supreme. The other day. Sit on the fire. We'll have this fire safety thing, right? And these two are sat there and like, watching the fire safety guys talking to them, and they're both sat there like this going, Yeah. <laughs> browsing like, like, Supreme I'm like, we're browsing. I'm like, you don't have time to browse. What are you doing? Supreme job. <laughs> you don't get time to browse. Like, <coughs> job in, right in Supreme, you just buy. You just buy. You just First think, thing. You either buy or don't yeah. buy. You've got about 15 seconds. Fucking hell. You should know this. But no shit, mate. Fire safety. I told Hope what the difference between phone and water was the other day. Incredible. She's like, what is the difference between phone and water? Well, phone's a lot better. (laughs) (laughs) Acts as a blanket. (laughs) Stars in a box, isn't it? Exactly. Fuck's sake. So we did learn. Obviously, I learned more than these because these were on the phone by Supreme. We learned a lot. Ben Kennedy knew it all, anyway. Ben Kennedy actually knew it all. But Ben's like a fucking walking Swiss army knife, isn't he? Yes, he knows everything, mate. Absolutely everything. Between him and Stu Morton, I reckon I could survive almost any environment on the planet. I'd probably take Stu outside like rather than Ben. Yeah. Ben's more, Ben's more like of an inside dog Ben's and Stu's like an outside I dog. I think Ben would be really good at making a tent, but then he'd get really angry and tear it that tear it down when you're out or something. <laughs> yeah, he would, wouldn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Ben's, Ben's got a really, like, his emotions are like a pane of glass. And he was yeah. doing some massage on me once, and I said, like, it's, it's someone pissed in your porridge today. And he was like, oh, is that obvious? <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is, Ben. Or he's punching your back. <laughs> punching your glutes. And that was it, yeah. Sorry um, for my glutes, it's my shoulder. I, I, th- I mean, I guess we've kind of, st- <laughs> we've kind of started. That's um, not how we've started it, by the way. We haven't started it with that, have we? It'll just... About blood and steam. It's that just, was the old... At some point, it will start. All right, that's cool. So we Let's do a little intro start. now. Mate, evolve it. You're all about evolve it. Put chips, yeah. Turn it around. Face yeah. the camera. Six layers of volcanic filtration. But that's not Volvic, is it? Uh, it's my own sponsor there, Robinson's. <laughs> <laughs> Fruit and barley. They go together. They, they really do. She's Def Decker's post today. She's, I did. She's, she's hounding it in. Do you follow Steph Decker on, on Instagram? I don't know who that she's is. Like, she's like a version of you. Scottish version of, of me. Uh, right. She's beast. Um, but anyway, I mean, she's a bit. No, no, I should take that as an insult. No offense. But, uh, so basically, she's like, she's hammering all the people in, not just CrossFit, but in like fitness who have got all these sponsors. 
Being right. Like, like oh, just like, shooting them, like, shooting them. Like, down thank you for this. It makes me like so much better. Da, da, da. Yeah. But they're brilliant. She's going on about training thirty-six it's, hours a day, and that. So yeah. Laugh. It's all about Aldi. It's all so about, she's all just, about Aldi. Aldi tuna chunks. Powers. Aldi. She's just like a like a massive truck. Yeah. Basically, yeah. But it's funny. Yeah. But she's a mint athlete as well. So she can like back it up with. Yeah. She's good. She's good. She's okay. Didn't our Ness confuse her with you? Yeah, she takes me. Original. Come from behind. her with you. Has she yeah, got short she's, hair? She's got short hair. Right. But, yeah. She's probably more jacked than you. She's more yeah. jacked than me, to be fair. She's yeah. stronger than me. Is she? Yeah. <laughs> she's got like a, like, she's got ridiculous numbers. Fuck. She's definitely stronger than you. That's also true. <laughs> <laughs> and Paul. <poor. laughs> <laughs> That's like everyone anyway. <laughs> Um, so, I guess by way of introduction, what would be probably quite nice would be to hear, I'm going to guess that out of the three of you that sat around the table, you've been involved in CrossFit the longest? Yeah, the longest, so me and then Paul and then probably Tim in that, in that order. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about your introduction to the sport? Yeah, so I started back in like 2009, like late 2009, mm-hmm. um, I did like running before that, so for about six to eight months before playing <laughs> CrossFit I used to do like longer distance running, so not super long distance like what Stu did, but um, like 10 milers, half marathons, things like that. Yeah. And basically, I had like a goal that I wanted to achieve, um, which I did. And then... What I was just, the goal? Uh, so it was running the Great North Sub 120. Um, so I ran it in one, I ran it in 120, but I, I was a lot younger. How old were you then? I was like 17. It was a lot smaller though. Um, smaller than now? Smaller than now. <laughs> hard to imagine but um so i, I did that and then I, I just i was just bored of it really i kind of obviously training for like that sort of distance you have to put loads of miles in it's loads yeah. of time yeah so i just got bored so i was looking for something else to do so i was i was messing around with a bit of, like kettlebells and stuff and then i read an article which i think was in like men's fitness on men's health what year are we talking like 2009 2000, like late 2009, early 2010. Mm-hmm. So I read an article in, I think it was Men's Health and Men's Fitness, about the 300, the the um, the 300 guys, yep. like how they trained in CrossFit was mentioned in. I thought, oh, what's that? Right. So I like, Googled CrossFit um, and just found those two, those two gyms in the Northeast. So there's one called CrossFit Northeast England, yeah. which is just up in um, Wigan View. And then there was CrossFit Tyneside. Yeah. So um, I went to both of them. The CrossFit North East England guys were great, but it was just too far for us to travel. Yeah. CrossFit Tyneside was based in uh, North Shields, so it was a lot closer mm-hmm. for, for me. So I went there um, after about a year, uh, not even that, after about six months, I actually ended up buying the gym. So I ended up buying the affiliate just through circumstances. Obviously, at the time, it was a, it was a lot different to um, what it is now. So there was mm-hmm. like no equipment, mm-hmm. like literally like one bar, yeah. some bumper plates. And some kettlebells and some matting, and that was it. So it didn't cost a lot of money, mm-hmm. and um, that was it. Yeah, just bought that, and then just kept on training and kept on kind of trying to grow the business. And then we moved to Benton. Um, uh, we had a we had a unit in Benton, and then not to kind of interrupt, well, intrude on what Paul's going to say, but back in like 2013, maybe 2014, Paul came on full time mm-hmm. as like our head coach. Yeah, we bought across the Tyneside. So, and then that, that's been him since then. So for me, really. Back, got back in, got into it back in 2009 um, started kind of competing in 2010 
uh, and then just competed all the way through that. And when you say start, sort of started competing, what you mean is well, it was like, made it to regionals like however many years yeah, in was, a row. But it was a lot different then though. So like the first year that I went to, like th- there wasn't an, an open, so it was a sectional. So right. you just put your name on the hat. You literally just paid and you, you put your name in the hat and you turned up and competed. So there was no qualification process you, for the session. This is, like, this is kind of like a like a seeding would be for a local competition. Yeah, so, yeah, so you, you basically paid your money, you rocked up. It was like three workouts in one day. Um, and then from there, it was like the t- at the time, there was three sectionals. So it was like one in the UK, UK and Ireland. Then there was one in like Western Europe, one in Eastern Europe. And then all those three... There was three people from each, I think, went... No, sorry, 20 people from each went to a regional. And then from the regional, I think there was three people from that that went to the Games. And then... So this was before the Open? That was 2010, yeah. Then after that, 2011, the Open came along. So this was like pre-Open. So that was the first proper competition that I did with sectionals. Wow. So I think it was 20 qualified for regionals. And I think I was came at 21st, so just missed out part-time for regionals that day. Yeah. Um, so you must have taken it to, taken to it pretty quickly. Yeah, well, again, at the time, like, it was super low skill. So, like, that year, that 2010, was the first year that GHD sit-ups and chest bar pull-ups came up in the workout. So, I went to that competition. I didn't have chest bar pull-ups. So, I was basically doing strict pull-ups in the middle of the workout. Um, like, strict pull-ups. And it was, it was weird. We were doing it on a basketball court with, like, in the middle of a park. Yeah. It was, like, totally different to what it is now. We're mm-hmm. in, like, a proper stadium. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got judges and it's all online and all that stuff. It was, like, a completely different world. Yeah. So, back then, it was, like, li- literally just on a school field in a park. It was cool, mm-hmm. but it's obviously totally different to what it is now. A lot less polished. Yeah. Well, it was just making it up as you go along, mm-hmm. trying to get it in before it went dark. So, Paul, how about you? Um, actually, some of it's a bit same than Jordan in the sense that um, probably the 300... Yep. I think that's probably a pretty big moment for most people in fitness mm-hmm. um, when it all wasn't CGI I think a lot of people yeah Matt, Matt to think Gerard, Gerard Butler's formed the basis for a several hundred million pounds. yeah business business uh, and, <laughs> and he wasn't even done really the, the CrossFit really it was um, so I'd done that I'd kind of watched that film I'd already realised I was pretty overweight and I'd already started trying to like go to global gyms and things to try and change that and as a result got into the fitness side or like got interested in the fitness side um, lost quite a bit of weight and then um, I think when the 300 went like you know I don't know whether it was on the internet or the DVD with the extras or something like that there was an interview with Mark Dwight who was um, Jim Jones yeah um, at the time he did it and he started talking about functional training and functional movement and training with kettlebells and ropes and sleds and all that kind of all that kind of stuff so from that um I actually bumped into a friend one night, um, a guy called Finn, who was doing some strongman training kind of with Jordan at the time, or like in the facility. Yeah, in the facility, yeah. Yeah, in the same facility. And um, he was like, oh man, I was like talking about kettlebells. And he was like, oh, you should uh, come down and try this gym. Uh, so I kind of went on the internet. So I was run by this little kid who was like <laughs> doing double unders with an Infidel t-shirt on. And I was like, all right, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, right, to go see what this is about. Dropped him a message. Um, and that was it, went down. Um, Got put through a put, put through like a seven minute workout, which like ruined his life. Had in my ass totally. Um, like signed up the next day, signed up there and then actually I was like, yeah, I, yeah. I was like, I got the money in the bag. Yeah. <laughs> Just be paid. Just be paid. I gotta do it. This was pre supreme as well. So you actually had some money. Yeah. Yeah, I had the money. Yeah, I had the money in my bag there and then. I literally was just like, I pay for a month. Um, and um, kind of just went went from there. 
Yeah. Um, again, like like he says, I, I eventually just kind of got more involved. He was really involved in the competitor side. Yeah. And and I think like he says, like it was easier to get into the competitor side at the time. And even I did okay in the first ever open. Fucking four hundredth in Europe first year. Yeah, mate, um, so um, you've got that title for the rest that. of the time. Yeah, four hundredth fittest in Europe two thousand eleven. <laughs> so uh, get it in the Instagram bio, yeah. mate. <laughs> 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 Gotta <to> be done. <laughs> <laughs> it's going in. Um, and then. Um, as like the guys got more interested in that, I got more interested in the coaching side and like listening to the Max Whites and reading and all those things like that. So yeah. I just kind of kind of naturally wanted to go across that, okay, how do we program for people? Mm-hmm. Um, so we just kind of like, as he grew as an athlete, I kind of just focused more on the coaching side. That interested me a little bit more than being an athlete personally. Mm-hmm. I wanted to train, I wanted to do it, but mm-hmm. I just wanted to, I was interested in how things went together and what people were doing. Mm-hmm. Tim, how about you? So mine's a bit of a weird one. So my friend started it, just started doing CrossFit in the global gym and his garage. So I started just doing it with him. Right. Just tagged along, joined in. And um, I was like 18 at the time, so mm-hmm. 2012. Yeah. There wasn't really much going on. Like we couldn't do any wall balls. We couldn't really lift heavy. We couldn't go overhead, especially in his garage if it rained. Mm-hmm. We couldn't snatch. <laughs> so we'd never done a wall ball or a snatch really. We'd done some cleans but like horrific cleans. And um, then he started to open his own affiliate. Mm-hmm. Then we kind of traveled from there to Teesside every now and then until he opened up his own. Mm-hmm. 2013 came to Tyneside for uni. And from there, it's a bit like history. Yeah. So um, just started training, trying train twice a day mm-hmm. between uni, between lectures came here and there, then... Um, just tumbled straight in. Yeah, got along with Paul quite well. Did my level one so I could train at my friend's gym back home. Yeah. Then the year after, just kind of stuck here. Started to train, started to coach at Tyneside. Mm-hmm. Every Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday night was Tuesday. a little bit with Paul on Mondays. Tim, Tim Wednesdays. Tim, Tim Wednesdays. Wednesdays. Yeah, so <laughs> it started off, didn't it? You just, kind of like, you just kind of co-coached me for a bit, didn't yeah. you? And then it was like, okay... Wednesdays. Wednesdays. Wednesdays so I, think, I think one of the things that struck me when I started was CrossFit has managed to brand itself so effectively. And I think when anything's that polished, there's an element that people have got that makes them feel reserved about something. You know, yeah. the, the, the style looks so good that the substance can't be up to scratch. Does that make sense? That people are sometimes a little bit suspicious when it looks... And using the tag, the fittest on earth, like it sounds... It sounds impressive and also unbelievable in the same yeah. sense. Yeah. So in your opinion, are CrossFit athletes the fittest athletes on the planet? No, I do think it, I do think they're kind of pre- like trying to produce the fittest on earth in the sense of it's such a broad, broad spectrum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's the only thing that's really challenging or testing this broad, broad yeah. spectrum. There isn't anything else that is. It's so a it's middle like, ground, it, isn't it? Yeah, it's a middle ground of yeah. everything. And I think the people it's producing who are like, you know, Pretty damn awesome weightlifters and pretty damn pretty pretty strong powerlifters and can run ma- and can run half marathons. Yeah, can do all of that stuff. I mean, there just isn't a test. I mean, like you're talking about, I'm sorry, you're talking about like Tia Claire Toomey, who last not this year, obviously when she won, but the year before, like did the CrossFit Games, came second, and then went and competed in Rio, the Olympics. Yeah, in two weeks. Right? Two weeks. Yeah. So she's competed at the highest level in two sports yeah. within two weeks of each other. Yeah. She hasn't. She obviously hasn't peaked for the for the for the Olympics. You know what I mean? Not at all. Because she's just, just pinned herself, herself for, for, for a full week. She just punched yes. herself in the face for a full yeah. week. Like Dave Castro just went right. What can I do to make you feel like you want to die? Yeah. So 
like when you look at it like that from that point of view yeah they probably are the fittest on earth mm-hmm. but it depends what you define fitness as because you know but I think the, 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 the definition of fitness that CrossFit has used seems quite appropriate to me yeah like it's work capacity across broad time and mobile yeah. domains right yeah yeah um, I suppose that based on that definition of fitness and I can't think of one that's better like no. not that it's really my area of expertise or he chose the terminology, you know, you could have like, you know, you can argue semantics or whatever, or you can be one of these people who can just delve into it and try and pick it apart. He's just making a point about you should be different time to... domains, different load, different load domains, different movements, you know, uh, different planes of movement, mm-hmm. functional stuff. I mean, that's pretty, I mean, it is pretty broad. I mean, yeah. it is a broad description and you can argue it and you can go into it and you see people all the time trying to pick it apart. Mm-hmm. I think this one it is. I think the main thing though is like, there shouldn't be anything that you can't do. Yeah, yeah, for you know sure. I mean? Like, I think that's like, where, like, I think, where the broad thing comes in. I right? think, like, with Dave Castro, obviously at the games, like he's constantly trying to test that, mm. and then it like blows the lines of like competitor in terms of you don't necessarily have to be the the, the fittest to be the best at the sport. So, like, mm. what I mean by that is like Catherine in two thousand whatever when there, when there was the pegboards, mm-hmm. like everybody was on the pegboards, smashing themselves trying to get to the top and failing. She just rested. She just sat down because she knew she was she wasn't going to make it. Yeah. Took the so tie as like yeah, the took, middle took ground. Rest. Yeah. So then it's crushed like, the last workout. You'd look at it and go, well, she's not actually the fittest because she can't do it, but she won. Yeah. So do you know what I mean? It's like it, it it blows those lines a little bit. I think what's interesting watching from um, the open to regionals to the games is that there's actually a lot less CrossFit that goes on the higher up you get. Yeah, the, completely. The, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a lot more CrossFit-y at the yeah. local level than it is at the top level yeah which is I mean, interesting at the, games, isn't it? at the games as well though they're so like lucky obviously for the for the open and regionals in some respects you're pretty limited with what you can do because like in the open you can't expect people to be like carrying D-balls and yeah. running up hills and stuff mm-hmm. like that because mm-hmm. you just can't how can you, you measure that by, like how can you measure yeah, a run in the open you're limited by what you do within those four walls and with kit as well and then regionals it gets a little bit more kind of out there but still I mean this year they had like the D balls mm-hmm. but in the past it's really just been yeah. dumbbells barbells kettlebells rig um, rig yeah ropes you know what I mean and then the games it's like right anything's yeah. fair hay bales this year people yeah like, everyone stretches yeah. Side yeah. and I think with the new <laughs> with the new arena I think it's only going to get like more yeah. out there I think the stuff's only going to get better because mm-hmm. obviously they've moved from LA to West continent is now in yeah, so is. I think I think it's going to get even more out there and different things that we can do but so, I think it will drop down as well I think it will feed down to regionals a little bit yeah. more I think swimming's going to be in there pretty soon more odd objects and it's kind of going to challenge everything well, to, how, how heavy were the kettlebells that those kettlebell deadlifts were at regionals like, this year uh, 90, 90 kilos pretty heavy yeah. 90 kilos 205, I think, each one. So, at 93. It's heavy. One and a half meters. No one wants to pick that up. No. In either hand. No. So, there's a question. Prepping it for shopping, though. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Mate, the wind is there. Functional at its best. You know that number's actually the exact same and as the bag for life. Oh, Max without a doubt, yeah. Load. <laughs> so, but your mum can still lift it. Yeah, without um, a doubt. So, anyone that's tried CrossFit or has done a few of the workouts, like, hey, Regardless of whether or not people like or don't like CrossFit, I don't think anyone can deny that it's really, really fucking hard. Like, yeah. it, like there's some of the workouts that want to end your world. And what I'm really interested in, that we've got three guys who understand the physiology and understand the training methodology as well. 
I wanted to see if you guys can try and explain why CrossFit is so hard, like why it hurts during a workout to the level that it does. And if you can try and take us through maybe some of the workouts and what it is about them that just wreck your world. Because obviously people can go and run a marathon and they can come out the other side of it and maybe the next day they have the aches and pains and this, that and the other. But during a marathon, a lot of people would perceive as, you know, a pinnacle of realistic yeah. local level fitness. Like, you know, I w- if you gave me the option of doing that or doing a couple of the really nasty hero workouts, and like, give me the marathon. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Because although it's... Do you all, see? I don't know. I just think because it's just As a chuggy, non-runner. It's just chuggy. Oh, yeah, okay. Maybe not, <laughs> maybe not me. But do you understand my... I know what you're saying. Yeah. I think from like, not from like a science point of view, Tim's probably best to do that. He's the one with the, no with the, with the degrees. Um, with, the degrees. with the degrees. He's got bare um, degrees. But like from one. a... From a <laughs> Degree, um, <laughs> but from like a from like a practical point of view, I think it's just the fact that it's like so. There's so many different aspects of it. So, like you say with the marathon, it's one foot in front of the other. That's it. Like if you can keep putting one foot in front of the other, even if you're walking it, you know you're going to finish it. Yeah. Whereas like with some of the wads, some of the hero workouts, like some of the stuff in there is pretty challenging. So, um, for example, like a lot of them are combining movements that, that a normal person in the gym wouldn't combine so like there's one called Mr. Joshua which is like running um, heavy deadlifts and then GHD sit-ups and it's it's a pretty simple workout I think it's like 5 rounds 400 meter run 15 deadlifts at 115 and then 30 GHDs mm-hmm. it, it's like it's a world beater it kills you mm-hmm. it's like the extension of the deadlift and then the, the flexion of the GHD setup just brutalizes and then it. you've got to stabilize yeah, you're like all of that and then you're all of that and then you're all of that and it's like through a full range of motion um, and then obviously you're running after that so you're out of breath coming in picking up a moderately heavy load mm-hmm. and then jumping on the, the GHD setup which in itself is a pretty brutal movement like it's a massive range of motion and it's not really something that a lot of people have done before anyway and mm-hmm. um, it's a great way to get rhabdo um, <laughs> but I think those types of like combinations of movements are just brutal just brutal yeah. and it's the same with like there's another one called bull which is like a mile run 50 overhead squats I think at 60 200 double unders and then 50 pull ups I think mm-hmm. like all that overhead work and then double unders and then running so your shoulders are going to be tired on that and your legs obviously yeah. for the squats it's like the combination of movements are just brutal horrific throw that in with like the attitude of the environment you're in as well. Yeah, yeah. Even if you're not training with other people, it's the environment of you know other people are doing this workout or have mm-hmm. done this workout. Mm-hmm. So you know there's times to beat, the scores to beat. You're not going to drop your 400 meter running pace. You're going to keep the intensity diet. So psychological aspects of it thrown in with the sort of like that competition environment, you know. And I'm not saying that the competition is good or bad, and people have a comment about that. But it, it is is you will maintain a high level of intensity during that workout as a result of like external factors well, it's irrelevant of whether or not other people in the class are doing it there's a heritage of other people that have benchmarked yeah, exactly. right? also as well and when like, it's a hero exactly. someone's it's died because of this say, like, that's like paying you're paying tribute to somebody yeah. you know what I mean it's a hero workout and even if you don't believe in that type of stuff you're still going to go hard yeah. so, like, so then you know the reason tri- for it. call it a tribute workout so, call yeah. it whatever you want yeah. so CrossFit does do long runs but when I'm doing that long run against somebody you're doing it against your previous score you know you're doing a 5k you're doing it against your previous score Doing it against Timmy and his super wide running gate, and like, do you know what I mean? You do it straight up a horse, man. You're doing it against, you're doing it against horse, like the six thirty AM class. Um, 
So your intensity is going to be high. Like your intensity on that 5K, you're going to apply yourself but quite you hard argue, to that 5K. You could, you could argue people that run 400 metres, I think I'm, I mean, right in say, I'm right in saying that 400 metres is quite commonly known as yeah. one of the worst running distances in yeah. terms of pain. Yeah. Then you've yeah. got to go pick a barbell up. Yeah. Right, okay. But my point is that if someone's gone to exhaustion on 400, on a 400 metres, mm-hmm. like obviously you can add load and you can do all the rest mm-hmm. of the things. Is it is it the combination of movements? Is that what makes it so terrible? Think, is it, is yeah. it the fatigue with the muscular endurance with the, the whatever? Yeah. Like, can I, let's put it out there as well. Like newbies go anaerobic quick, and trying to breathe when you go anaerobic, it's not going to happen. Explain what happens. So you just go off really hard, mm-hmm. and um, heart rate through the, through the roof. Try and hold something on the front rack, mm-hmm. compressing your breathing, and for you trying to breathe when you're anaerobic, it's not going to happen. Like Jordan, he's like a master at pacing. He doesn't go anaerobic at any point. All aerobic. All aerobic. Can't go anaerobic. Yeah. That kills me. So kills he me. saves himself. Like oxygen flowing through his body. Mm-hmm. He's not restricted at any point, so he can move throughout it. Whereas, say your first session, mm-hmm. I put you on the assault bike to start off with. Yeah. You're probably going to go out the gate pretty hot. Yeah. Then you've got your deadlifts, then you've got your burpees. Because yeah. you have no idea. Like yeah. I'm saying, you have no idea. Like, what your limit what, is. What, 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 you yeah. don't know what's coming. But I think the thing is as well that you don't even know what going anaerobic means. Yeah. Like it took me six months to find out that you're supposed to, I'm right in saying you're supposed to try and ride, unless you're sprinting or finishing, ride just Red below line. the anaerobic yeah. Aerobic uh, threshold. Aerobic threshold. Kind of yeah. Right, okay. So That's, what, in, in for anyone who needs advice on how to pace, what is the... Aerobic I, threshold and how I'm definitely you, the wrong he's not person the man at pacing. About pacing like. So so for okay, me, so, but I was thinking physiologically. I go like, anaerobic in a in a wall. So what happens? What what is it that causes you to go anaerobic, and what is it? So anaerobic is literal definition without oxygen. So your body doesn't have oxygen. Mm-hmm. So it's trying to contract the muscles here and there. So this is it when you've do, done. This is when you've done too much work in a short space of time. Yeah, and you're yeah. now working instead of being aerobic, which is more efficient. Yes. Yeah. You're now being in the presence of oxygen. Now you're yeah. working anaerobic. So you basically don't have. Any you're oxygen. in emergency mode, so yeah. to speak. Right. Yeah. So how how is it? What is pacing, and how do you do it? I think a lot of it is like knowing what you can do. So like. In a lot of the open workouts, people will be like, with, with me, especially in past, like, go faster, go faster. I'm like, no, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm going at my pace. Yeah. I don't want to go at your pace. I'm going at my pace because I know at this pace I can go hard for 13 minutes, yeah. 14 minutes, whatever it may be. Yeah. If I go a little bit faster, yeah. I know that, that that's the workout over. Like, let's talk, uh, let's take what, 17.4 is at the deadlift one? Yeah, the 55. Me and, me and you did that opposite well, you, each other. You put me in the same heat just on a side point. John put me in the same heat as him for three out of the five open. Well, you're giving it big licks? You're giving it big licks? Who gave it big licks? did not give it big licks. So, give me big licks. Saying we're going to be Yeah, so we were, and I've got a funny story about this that I'll dip in very quickly. I got off the uh, 55 deadlifts at 100. 102. 102 kilos. Yeah. And you programmed this for me earlier in the week. 55 deadlifts at 102 kilos and then straight onto the wall balls afterwards 55 wall yeah. balls at 9 kilos and I broke on the wall balls at 30 to hear your judge going to you 28 29 and I was like oh my god what have you done like <laughs> fuck, 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 fuck. like just fuck. also you beat me off the deadlifts as well you were mad I think you did them like unbroken shit 
what the fuck have you done? And I was like, yeah, allow, that, you know, that's, like that's anaerobic. You just allow. So it was like, oh, go past, go, yeah, like go fucking on. waved him through. I'm like, okay, do not pace ahead of Jordan, exactly, idiot. So yeah, you were saying in that. So it's like, like on those deadlifts. Obviously, I've done that workout before, mm-hmm. uh, three times before because it was a repeat. I did it mm-hmm. twice in 2015, I think it was 2016, and then I did it once in training on the build up to last year's open. Yeah. So I'd done that workout. And I knew how to pace that workout, so I knew that the 55 deadlifts needed to be done a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. The 55, like, I'm not very good at wall balls, so I, I can push a little bit harder on the deadlifts and I can pace it on the wall ball. And then the classic thing which always trips people up, which is one thing that we're always trying to communicate across to people, is the rope. So, like on the rower, you could sit at say like 80 percent effort and pull say 1,200 calories on the on the on the monitor. 1200 calories so that might take you let's this is not the exact number let's say it takes three minutes or four minutes let's say it takes you two minutes 30 to roll 55 calories yeah or you could sit at 95 percent effort and have it at 1400 calories and finish Mm -hmm. it in two minutes 15 Mm -hmm. but then you need to take 45 seconds after to have a rest before you get on the handstand push-up so it's like knowing where to push and where to not yeah does that make sense so there'll be like certain movements within a workout where you can go hard and where you can relax basically Mm -hmm. and it's just through experience just like anything uh, through experience of knowing where to push and where to relax Mm -hmm. so like in that workout that's actually quite a good example to use for me personally so the deadlifts I'm quite comfortable with obviously small like short range of motion Mm -hmm. the weight's not that heavy it's quite it's moderate Mm -hmm. Um, the wall balls kill me because I'm a midget and a tie target Mm -hmm. The row, not great at, because I'm small mm-hmm. and I've got small range of motion again. So obviously mm-hmm. I can't move the, the handle as well as someone who's taller. Mm-hmm. But then the handstand push-ups are really good because I'm it's a short range of motion again. Yeah. Um, and I'm light. So it's like there's two out of the four that are good and two out of the four that are bad. And you need to know where you can capitalize. Exactly, where you, where you can capitalize and where you can't. But again with that, there's two, surely there's two elements on that that you can catch your breath more by going more easily on the movements that are easier to you. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. not pushing it hard or do you need to compensate there's two ways of doing it though isn't it's, it there's like it's you've, like, you've got to find it for yourself it, though. yeah, yeah for this sure. is this is like stimulus like based or based on like that's competing yeah. yeah you know like we do workouts that are anaerobic on purpose yes because you, we're trying to tra- train all domains right so, so, give me, that's so we've, got, we've, got, we've got strength workouts we've got the power workouts so we've got those anaerobic efforts those sprint ones yeah, which Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah! It sounds like you're punching someone. Oh, that's all right. I am. So let's take it from the start. There's, I wanted to ask this question: There's the workouts that are in CrossFit, as far as um, for what I know, are split up into broad categories. Is yeah, they right? break it down. They break it down into three. We break probably break it down into four. Take, which take, is take that. so we're talking like strength work. Mm-hmm. So we've got like your maximal efforts, usually like a compound movement or we might treat an Olympic lift as that. So you're talking like your heavy back squat days. Mm-hmm. Um, There's your ATP and phosphocreatine as well. Science boy. Let's move on. So then we go with our, um, so our power work, our sprint work, our um, glycogen work. Glycolytic. So there you go. There, right, we, go. there we go. So our anaerobic capacity work. So these are the short, sharp workouts. Sub five minutes, sub three minutes. Um, sub more than like sub, Less than that, even like forty-five okay. seconds type work, like okay. mini work. This is those. Remember, this is just training. Yeah, this yeah. is just training. So this is training adaptation. So these are. Do you know on Fridays when we put you in teams? So you get we got what we like. We try and force you into breaking it down into these ridiculous little sprints, which yeah. ruin you. Yeah. You know, I've done it with you before a couple of times. Yeah. 
yeah, well, it's just like anaerobic development. I mean, mm-hmm. it just looks like camaraderie and good fun, mm-hmm. but it's actually in direct energy. So you're talking system. about max effort intervals there. Max effort yeah, intervals, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Underneath. Work on recovery. Yeah, exactly. And like the more you're in your team, the more people in your team, the more rest you get, the more the more maximal your effort can be. So the better adaptation we get. Then we've got the power endurance work, so that aerobic kind of uh, like high end aerobic work, which is more like your four minutes, your eight minutes, your twelve minute workout. Something like Helen is like a workout, like that. What's that? So it's four hundred meter run, twenty one kettlebell swings, twelve pull ups, three rounds of time. So it's like really quick, no excuse to break, really. Um, should be like sub eight minutes. This is what we call sport as well. Yeah, so we call these sport because like playing CrossFit, but that's because in the open. Typically, workouts are between five minutes and twenty minutes long. I was going to say so. Yeah. So, 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 that's that's we, so, so, so we, we, we treat that as a mixed modality four to like eight, five to. I think there was a workout that was five minutes clean and jerks, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah the but seventy kilos like, way, back in like two thousand ten, eleven points first open. And then workouts typically now like twenty minutes kind of vibes. Um, yeah, these are where you're like eighty percent. You're working aerobically. I think if you go like into anaerobic in those workouts, that's when you've gone off too quick and you spend yeah. the next so this one 20 minutes. So pacing would be super, Yeah, super yeah. So oh, this would be yeah. good. But obviously, but then there's, you're not going to be pacing if you get to a barbell and it's at 80% of your warm rep max clean because you're doing a sport that's, you know, they've scaled it at a weight aimed at a heart, like, you know, the top tier athlete. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're going to hit that barbell and you're not going to be tapping into the same energy system as the big strong guy who's got yeah. 120 kilo snatch. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to be tapping into something a little bit different. The workout's going to feel different. You know, that's when it's like game over time. Um, and then we've got our aerobic development work. So that's pure aerobic. That's our um, Jane Fonda long workouts, kind of like, you know, big long runs and um, things like that. So we've got these domains that we're hitting all the time. So to say pacing is, is relevant to where you are. Does that make sense? Yes. And that's when we program as well, like the warrior program that we do, um, we just have like a tick list. Yeah. We just tick one of those off. Yeah. Depending on the periodization of the year. Now we're getting into the sport neck of the woods with the open seven, eight weeks away. So wait, we're totally biasing that like yeah. eight minute work, that twelve minute, that twenty minute work. Because that's zeroing people in. Well that's because well, that's because we're approaching the open now. Yeah. We're approaching for the people we're working with who have like decided that they're competitors. Yeah. They're the people where they're like, okay, you guys need to be practicing your sport. We need to be yeah. working in that domain that you're going to be using because we get you to just before the open and we've never had you hitting that high end, like aerobic work mm-hmm. and you don't know what that feels like. Then, you know, you're going to go into the open super revved up, super excited on Friday Night Lights with everyone cheering for you. You're going to go and try and beat Jordan. Minutes. You're going to get up the deadlifts before him, before you hear it. You know? I think what's a really interesting point you said there about the multiple body types thing, and I think this is what, for me, makes it a really interesting spectator sport, that it kind of feels, you know, a little bit like when you used to play Mortal Kombat or Tekken, and everyone had their special move. <laughs> each each character had their own special move that they came yeah. in. So each character was equal and also unequal yeah. in different ways. And I think that watching the games and watching it generally as a sport, and also even you have the guys in the gym, there's the levels of, there's the characters within the gyms, within everyone's local affiliate that have got these, oh, he's the strong guy, he's the... Burpee ninja. Guy. Yeah, yeah so do you know what I mean? He's the, Trump's in it. He's, yeah. the, he's the gymnastics area. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think what's really, really interesting is the fact that you have these people, because the sport is still relatively young, that are coming to it from so many different disciplines that yeah. some people have got unfair advantages in some areas that lead to chronic weaknesses in others. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. So at the moment, 
like you know watching Zach George who is a UK athlete that's winning sort of local comps at the moment but he's fucking huge he's a big he must guy. be what 220 230 pounds something like that I think he's like 100 kilos big lad yeah he's got to be 100 kilos but he's tall, he's tall as well though so he's like got long limbs so things like handstand push-ups and stuff yeah. they're not going to be great for him I'm going to put this out there we programmed a workout at the comp he, he was at last it was um, weighted bar muscle-ups with a vest yes I still cannot do one of these. <laughs> <laughs> Throw that out there I've as well. I've done a sport for like six years. And yeah. I've done one. He's done one. Ever. This, 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 this lad put one on and I was stood, stood to the side I was thinking, fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> it's not going to make nine unbroken. Shit. The with a vest. So that, say he's 100 kilo, so that's 110. Then, strong boy. Yeah, strong boy. So, 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 so here he, he was my point, right? That, We've got these people that are coming into the sport from multiple different disciplines. Yeah. As the sport develops, what's going to happen is that people are no longer going to be transitioning from a background. Their background is going to be CrossFit. Yeah. yeah. There's now a like an under fourteens club, basically. Yeah. There's like a juniors yeah. at the games. Like well, to, to touch on that, like I did strength and depth earlier in the year with Reebok. Mm-hmm. And there was a guy, a young lad who we competed with called Reese Mitchell, who went to the games. I think he's in the four to fifteen to sixteen. Age category, I think. Yeah. I think he came second or third. Yeah. Legit. Like, ridiculous. Like, Please. 33 bar muscle ups unbroken. Like, snatches 70 kilos, clean and jerks, one on five, 16. Like, ludicrous. when I was 16, I was like running, just running. You know, this kid's got like so much potential to get to where he wants to be, but he's also so far ahead of like loads of CrossFitters. You know, you think about the people in the gym. Guys. Yeah. About people in the gym. You know, someone in our gym was snatching 70 kilos and clean jerk 105, they're a pretty decent athlete. Yeah. You know, they've got pretty good capabilities. This kid's 16. So yeah. imagine what he's going to be like when he's my age. Yeah. He's 25. What you've got to think about coaching as well. Like, when I started at 18, it was just jump up and do it. I'm sure it was the same with you guys. Yeah. It was more, just go do it. When I look back, yeah. Now, now the coaching above this guy is just huge. Like, yeah. he'll have a dedicated Olympic weightlifting coach, his CrossFit coach, he'll have programming on the side. He'll have everything yeah. on the plate for him. Yeah. Which is going to make him even better. Yeah. I mean, I think back to some of the stuff that I used to make Paul do. Oh, my God. I'm surprised they're still alive. So this was something else that I wanted to really touch on. So I've seen, like, some some of your Throwback Thursday images and stuff from, like, yeah. 2010. Can you give me a rundown of some of the most CrossFit stuff or some of the most stupid CrossFit stuff you've done? Because what's happened now, it feels like 2017, 2018... Where the sport's in maturity now, it feels yeah. like the sport's in maturity. Yeah. And although that's fantastic because you can live stream the games on Facebook and it's it looks like the Olympics and there's a I'm sure that there will be a full opening ceremony pretty soon. There's going to have to be. Yeah, without that. Do you know what I mean? Like there's going to be all manner of different bits and pieces. But what you don't get are the mad, funny shit mistakes yeah. that occur during the adolescence of a sport. I so I, I think we were super lucky. We were super lucky that you no, but like you met like we were super, no, we were like, no, we were pretty lucky because like you know the stupid stuff we've done we did it ourselves. Yeah, I've yeah. been pretty like I've, I've been really lucky that I've been surrounded by all the really good people. So like I had a coach called Carl Stedman. I had him for like four. I think he was my coach for like four and a half years. Yeah, him and James Jowsey, both super knowledgeable guys. I learned a load of stuff off them too, and um, that has helped me so much, like mm-hmm. a lot. Like one thing I was gonna say was. I used to just think that more was better. Like the more you did, the better you'd be. Yeah. And then I remember like volume, volume, yeah, is volume, 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 volume is king. 
And I remember like probably about six years ago now, Carl said it was like more isn't better, more is just more. Yeah. Like intensity always trumps volume. So you're better doing less well than doing loads crap. Yeah. Um, that was one thing that stuck with me for like quite a, well, a long time. Um, but I mean, I think back to some of the stuff that I used to do, like, I don't know how I did it. So t- 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 tell, me, tell, me, tell me some of the, the stupid CrossFit stuff. Tell us something. I did like all of the girls in one day. So there's like 15 female workouts. So yeah. it's like Nancy, Ama- uh, Nancy, Kelly, all those things. Did them all in one day. How much work volume was that? Made too much. It's like a thousand pull-ups. Like ridiculous. So how long did it take? 12 hours? Like all day. Yeah, I was, I was just at the gym hmm. all day. It was just stupid. By itself? Yeah, and it was on my own. I mean, like, so there's no one doing it with you. I'm, I'm sure I think we had six of them. I had three members yeah. at the time. Did you do? Did you say I was doing one every hour or something? I did one every. I can't remember. It was like one every hour. Or the short ones, I think, I did every half an hour. So like Grace, Isabel, stuff like that. Um, and this isn't. This isn't for. I mean, just for the crack. Literally, just because. Just for the yeah. crack. Yeah. Did you? Did you and Alex Younger not do a ridiculous number of burpees once? Did a thousand. Tim does that every year. Four years running, mate. Tim does it every year, Christmas Eve. You did a thousand burpees on Christmas Eve. Christmas Day, this Christmas time. Day. Christmas Day. I think, let me look back, I post some... Me and Alex did it on Christmas Eve once. Um, but I mean, we've done some that, stuff. That, that Clovis was Me and Paul retarded. and Alex Moore did um, half marathon roll straight into Clovis. Clovis is a 10 mile run, 150 burpee pull-ups. That was pretty bad. Un- that that was un- unpartitioned as well. No, no I, I did it unpartitioned, yeah. Paul did it partitioned, yeah. Alex did it partitioned. How far is a half marathon run? Uh, 2197 2197 yeah there you go 21,097 meters so that took like an hour and 25 or whatever we did bring a TV into the gym and we watched it we watched Galaxy whilst doing it but that was great but then when you go on a 10 mile run obviously you're hanging out your ass because you've just rode half marathon Um, someone saw me running down the street and started saying are you you unwell (laughs) so I had to listen it was like like about 8 miles in and then I had to go sit in, I sat in the office for 10 minutes and I ate all the battle autobots yeah. and then ran back out <laughs> Alex Moore came in got in the shower we had one shower at the old place just sat in the shower with the hot water on him and then realised he didn't bring a towel so I had to dry himself a blue roll <laughs> in a complete state well, I'm, glad, I'm glad to see me and some of the guys who went to Vegas my business partner Stag do and we created or we thought we created the sit down shower there. Oh, you know, I do this a lot. The sit, down, the sit down shower, it would appear, is so versatile. Yeah. Yeah. Use it, it is applicable for Vegas hangovers, yeah. for doing half marathon rowing, or a stupid, stupid CrossFit workout. I mean, if, if anyone is feeling bad at the moment, all they need to do is sit, sit down, down shower. shower. And then there, you can level up from that, which is the lie down shower. But it needs oh, to be mate. face down. Face down. Face. Which end? Face down. So you get the. Shower on the back of your head, face down. Isn't that a level of torture? No, not not, not hitting me in the face. You're face down, face down. Yeah, yeah, but I'm sure that's fine. It's fine. It's a bit dripping, that's nice. You're strange, man. It's nice. Did you do your your burpees? One one hour, three minutes, 47 minutes this year. I can't believe you couldn't have took three minutes off that. (laughs) That's the slowest I've ever done it. (laughs) Is it? I've gone, I've got like a... I've got less fit every year. It took me like one <laughs> Put it in perspective. What's the thing about your training methodology? Coach, yeah, we've got nutritional advisor. Yeah. We've got worse. Yeah. Everyone's got worse. Wow. Sorry. Stupidest thing I've ever done is um, trying to do a clapping stripped handstand push-up. Nearly made it, mate. Nearly made it. Oh, my God. A clapping, strict handstand push yeah. But I'm sure that everyone can imagine what happens when you don't 
make that. Oh, there's an element of risk involved. Oh, it's broken neck if you don't know it's, it's you're landing on your head. Like, I'm pretty sure I lost an inch of height. <laughs> I'm speaking then as well. I think we've been lucky. I think like yeah. injuries and stuff in the gym have been minimum. Minimal, yeah. We've been like CrossFit does get a really bad name for like injuries and stuff, but I think it's like anything, like any training in the gym, like I could take yeah. you to any commercial gym and show you loads of crap PTs who don't know what they're doing. People wearing it's braces just, yeah, left, right, like, and centre as well. It's the same with CrossFit, like the will be coaches out there that are crap. Yeah. But you're gonna get that in everything. We like to think that we're, we're, we're decent, we're good, you know. Um, obviously, there's always things that we can improve on, but we try and do our best with everything. And we think we do a good job, but... I agree. It's just, it gets a bad name through... So, here's yeah. my sort of two pence on it. As someone who's now been in the sport for a year, and I did around about 10 months ago, so just as the Open started, after I've been doing it for two months, I went and did a podcast with the guys from Propane Fitness. Yeah. And we kind of reassessed it, everything from there. And that Chris was Fit, in, yeah. That's where Chris, Chris Fit was born. That was, that was when Chris, Chris Fit was born. Was born Chris Fit was born. Yeah, I'm really tempted to call this one Chris Fit, but we'll see. I think you should. Um, and Rename your podcast, man. Just Chris Fit. I'm so tempted, you know. Right, <laughs> just do like, it. Nah. Anyway, so I went in and, and they, as a bodybuilding and powerlifting background, yeah. had a bunch of questions and... Uh, you, you you are right that CrossFit gets such a bad rep and we tried to um, dissolve down what it is that we think makes CrossFit first so polarising in terms of opinion and then kind of what, what gets it the bad reputation. And we came to a number of conclusions. One of them is the fact that I think a lot of people that go to the gym now, especially the guys that are in global gyms, they're conflating an interest in exercise and sport and fitness with going and doing bodybuilding they yeah. think that the only mm. thing that they can do is to go in and do the curls and do the rest of it because that has been the prevailing training methodology for the yeah. last 30 years and the other side of that which makes it super attractive is it's got mega low barriers to entry so i bring this back to my industry it's like club nights if you have a thousand pounds and a dj and a venue that's prepared to let you in you now have a business yeah like you cannot go and start the new iphone with a thousand pounds in a contact no. of someone who wants yeah. a licensed venue. Yeah, no, Whereas no. you can go in with a PT for five minutes in a global gym and you can master a supinated bicep curve to 80% of the, the, the uh, standard that someone that's been doing for three years can do. However, when you go into a CrossFit gym and someone says, right, okay, we're going to try and do a snatch. And yeah. it is such a technically complex movement yeah. that the barriers to entry are so high that people's egos get shot down very quickly. People don't like to go and do things that they're bad at, right? They don't want to go in and have uh, do something that's difficult. They're, they're happy with difficult, but within the parameters of not necessarily yeah. feeling silly yeah. or feeling like it's unachievable. I think a lot of that, though, comes down to there's several factors. So, first of all, the person's attitude. If they've got an ego, CrossFit's probably not the right sport for them. Mm-hmm. If they've got an ego where they, where they think that they should be able to do everything, that's never going to happen. Get humbled look, at Olympic, look, at, look, at, look at Olympic lifting. There's people who just do those two lifts snatch and clean and jerk they spend their entire life yeah. getting better at the snatch and the clean and jerk from they're the age never, of like four they're as well. never perfect so how does Jimmy who's 53 and an accountant <laughs> think he's going to walk in and be perfect at snatch it's not going to happen mm-hmm. you've got to accept that you're never going to be you're never going to be perfect at it like I've been doing it what nearly 8 years now my clean and jerk and my snatch still crap mm-hmm. you know what I mean still needs work everything does mm-hmm. I think that I think that that's that's what's interesting the fact that uh, I think there's a CrossFit documentary from like 2014 <laughs> And I can't remember who the narrator is on. I'm tempted to say it's a voiceover from Dave Castro where he says that 
very, very soon we're going to see someone who's got like a 500 pound deadlift and a sub five minute mile and a this and a this and a this and a this. And what he's explaining is the fact that the sport, in terms of progression for athletes reaching mm-hmm. their ceiling, is still in yeah. its infancy, yeah, which, I, which, which I would absolutely agree with. Um, but yeah, I think the that, that was one of the first things that I was like, I think that it gets a, a little bit of a bad rep from some people because it's daunting, because there's a sense of elitism associated with the people that can do it, because there's a little bit of jealousy, mm. and there's a, there's a quite rightly, like if someone can walk into a gym and do a muscle-up, and you've been training bro splits for six years, and all you can do is a really well-controlled eccentric on a seated like, shoulder press. Yeah. There is a, an element of you thinking, you fucking cunt. Like, yeah. you look cooler than That me. looks good. Yeah, that yeah. looks cool. And irrelevant of how you look, yeah. you're like, fuck, that looks like, that looks yeah, really yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you know what it is? For me to, to look at CrossFit as a training methodology, last year, if you told me at the start of the year that I would have seen the progress I saw physically from a yeah. bodybuilding program, yeah, I would yeah. have told you that you were lying. Yeah. And I don't know exactly what it is that was the difference because I've been training for 10 years before that roundabout in varying degrees of um, cerebralness and getting it wrong an awful lot <laughs> but you know what I mean you, 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 yeah. there's a weight in your hand and you go in, you go in and lifting things moderately regularly and you're trying to eat some protein like it just gets bro science moderately better as you yeah. move towards it a little bit and I think what was interesting was that you now have formalised progressive overload you have a formalised amount of intensity. Like you have in a basket all of the things that everyone's trying to achieve on the other side of the gym in any case. Yeah, I think like our gym in particular is quite a good example of it because we have obviously like three areas of our gyms. We have our global gym, our regular gym, have the boxing, we also have our, our boot camp area, which is like, you know, it's like, it's like CrossFit, but CrossFit light, not as it? much, kind of, yeah, not as much like complex movements. So, you know, we're not doing It's all pretty like, simple. Yeah, we're not doing snatches and cleaning jerks. We're not doing kitten muscle-ups and stuff like that. But if you look, the CrossFitters look the best. They do. The lads are big. They're shredded. They're jacked. And they're not doing bicep curls like the guys in the in the, in the global gym. Um, but they look the best. And ultimately, that's everyone's goal. Everyone wants to look good. Man. There's and a- the guys who were sneaking in the bicep curls and the better not like too much bench press, are the guy who were still crossfitters, are the guys who come in and they're sulking because the snatches are shit. And they, can't do, and 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 they can't do muscle. And you literally, yeah. you literally go up to them and you're just like, dude, you've been bodybuilding, haven't you? And you're just like, oh, well, you know, shit. just a little bit. Yeah. Just, just a little, little bit. bit. And it, that's always the same thing. And like, that doesn't mean they can't be compa- compatible. Mm. You know, there's a lot of people who are doing that now and that's like the new trendy thing, isn't it? It's like everyone's like... Functional bodybuilding. Functional bodybuilding. Well, I mean, there's, there's, you know, look at, look at um, Brute Strength, Brute Body program. Yeah. That's yeah. really, really popular. Yeah. Um, Mark's filling. Mark's filling. I, think, I, I just think as well, like, that's like the evolution of that is that people have, are starting to admit that they fact it's okay again to say that I want to look good yeah. Yeah. because I think over like CrossFit and like people working their way through CrossFit I think a lot of people we haven't quite nailed it all yet and a lot of people were like oh I don't look good but I'm fitter than you oh I don't look great and I think and I think and I think now what's your front I think I think now a lot of people are saying look like maybe I don't need to be maybe I'm not going to be like Rich Froning and maybe I need to just step back on the volume and I do want to just look better and but be functional but I still want to train and I still want to actually be able to do so the cool you, shit you're able to capitalise on the methodology whilst not wanting or necessarily having to have the competition like outside of necessarily a class like within yeah. class to class if you're competitive that's also like a common misconception I think with CrossFit everyone thinks it's competitive 
It's not. Mm-hmm. It's only competitive if, if you Against want yourself to be competitive. Well, if you do a Chris Williamson and give a big licks, it's going to be. Did I'm only really joking. I'm only joking. But no, if you if you want it to be competitive, yeah. you know, and you seek out like you can make competitions, you can make it competitive. But mm-hmm. if you just want to turn up, train it, go home. It can just be that as well. That's why we don't let people look at the whiteboard, right? Yeah, and that's why we don't post workouts like the night before because we don't want people being like, oh, tomorrow I'm going to smash out that workout. It's like, turn up, do the class. Yeah. That's it. No, I understand. And also, nobody cherry picks workouts anymore. I agree. Um, so, yeah, I think I think what's really, really interesting is that you've got this you've got this training methodology which appears to be producing guys that have got bodies year-round that are better than the physique competitors yeah. or at least on par. Yeah. The only difference is the fact that they maybe need to go through, like to step on stage, if you had to take... You just need a water cut. You just there. literally just need, you literally yeah. just need James, to do a James little bit Scott. Of, yeah. yeah, James Scott. Yeah, James Scott. James Scott, Scott. he's probably four weeks out all yeah. year round. But he's like, like, he's out in there. He's one day piss away from the company. One day piss away. Let's look at like Lauren, for example. So when Lauren came and trained with us, like what, 18 months ago, she literally just got off the back of doing all the bikini stuff on stage. She's in good nick, don't get me wrong, but she was lean, but she was like weak. Yeah. She wasn't weak, but mm-hmm. she was nowhere near where she is now. Mm-hmm. She's lean all the time. She's a lot stronger. Yeah, she looks jacked yeah. in a good way, but yeah. you know, like she looks better now than what she did then, and she's not even doing a physique sport now. Yeah. So look at look at someone like Dan Bailey. Like if you peeled Dan Bailey down a little bit and did a two and did a two month cut yeah. on him, a hard two month cut. He would step on his arms. He'd step on stage at classic bodybuilding. Yeah. He wouldn't step on he'd be too big to step on stage exactly. at physique. Yeah. And you're like I think many then, people are like that. Now. And this guy is well renowned as the fastest man in CrossFit at the yeah, moment in yeah, terms of like straight line speed over a short. But distance. the memes the mil- memes are still CrossFitters lose your gains. Yeah. Like Which, do you know what I mean? Which is So here's the thing, right? This is what we drilled it down to. There is not a brand behind a push pull leg split. No. No one hashtags Push, push pull legs today yeah, yeah. like in the Instagram thing and people love to hate on something that has an identity yes. and this is this is what we think it is and it's different as well it is it is different and yeah like it, it's it's definitely high visibility yeah you know what I mean like people can see when you're doing it and the clothes even by Reebok people, ne- people, neon yeah people <laughs> it was neon for years. as well like yeah. people love it but people love it because it's cool yeah. and it's good but it, it, it came from as well though, the whole thing like it like they totally caught the wave right I mean they've been doing it a really long time but with the yeah. social media thing yeah. so they did it all all their websites yeah. went, all this stuff went online I think you found it out through like a, a chat room or whatever I found it out through is. I found it out through um, I just went online yeah but chat rooms and stuff wasn't it like those yeah. people were talking about so, like board, so all this stuff so all, so all this stuff yeah. happened and, and off the back of that that means that a lot of people post stupid shit on Instagram and tagging in CrossFit yeah. do you know what I mean and, and, and then all of a sudden that's the stuff that gets the attention mm. yeah. do you know what I mean not the not the thousands of okay but mediocre like loaded snatches that like people have done really well on or PB'd or improved their technique but the one where the last gets a ponytail caught in it and gets dragged across the yeah. gym floor like CrossFit, you know I mean? CrossFit now are doing a really good job I think of bringing that perception of it back around so they're not really on, on CrossFit.com now posting like elite level crossfitters they're posting your everyday crossfitters yeah. they're posting like I said Jimmy who's 53 very, very inclusive isn't it who sits at a desk media. like for 8 hours and then goes and does a little workout That that's what they're posting now so it's making it, it it's showing people that it is accessible and that, that it is achievable for them to be able to like go and do a class whereas right. in the past it all used to just be 
Um, games, 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 athletes. Elite, elite guys. And then, well, again, look at what we're talking about now. It wouldn't surprise me. In, in five or ten years' time, could you see there being different stratas of CrossFit gyms? Would there be ones where you've got the guys that are CrossFit going, compete kind of thing. CrossFit physique. Do you know what I mean? Like CrossFit health yeah. and stuff, or maybe classes that are, you know, you guys at Rewalk CrossFit Tyneside have got Gun Club, right? Yeah. We know yeah, which, is, which, which is like a, a sort of hypertrophy based 8 to 12, 14 rep kind yeah. of, but still using the methodology, right? Yeah. And still kind of like compoundy, functionally, stuff it's, like that. It's definitely less functional. Yeah, it's definitely less functional. <laughs> isn't it? You know what I mean? Like, I think it picks up off, up off the ground. That's about the only functional thing. Yeah. Right. Curls and then you curl it, it. You do. whilst looking yeah, at your body. You only do curls for an hour. That's yeah. it. Just Fine. curls. I mean, that's well, it's an arm wrap, so it's CrossFit. It's, it's an arm wrap. <laughs> it's an arm wrap. It's an arm wrap. Terrible. It's a massive community. There's going to be people in it that you don't like or people whose opinions people don't agree with. Yeah. And, and whether you jump on board, I mean, I can imagine PT, some PTs, I mean, not so much now. You know, we went and got, did a weekend course. That's always a big deal on everyone as if, as if mm. the personal training course is that fucking difficult either. Do you know what I mean? Like, people just pick up on these things like, oh, well, they've opened up a gym. And like, yeah, we like, oh, yeah, we opened up a gym. Or Jordan opened up a gym, and then we spent the next seven or eight years yeah. going on every course, meeting every single you. coach, like traveling, like working with people, working with people at high level to get where we are. Do you know what I mean? And, and you know, and you did a level whatever PT a couple of years ago, yeah. and you're still jerking yourself off over it. Like, sit back in your box, mate. <laughs> we've warmed him up now that's a good point as well that Paul's brought up there which I was going to I was actually going to mention earlier on which is reminders of is like with CrossFit now there's so many different like certifications that you can do there's a certification for everything yeah, there's anatomy and physiology certification there's Olympic weightlifting certification there's you know kettlebells nutrition there's all this stuff that a load of CrossFit coaches are going and doing. Like, I'm not saying that there isn't, but there's not many PTs who work in the commercial sector who are going away on weekends and doing extra courses. And like actually once they spend get their level three, yeah, they just stick there. Actually spend the money I think, on learning I th- and getting I th- better. I think, the fa- I think the fact of the matter is that most of the um, most of the guys that are doing the PT stuff have got one thing on their minds, and that is, I need to maximise the money that I can make yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's money oh, how can I how can I get as much as possible for as little as possible but I think that's going to be anyone in any job there's going to be yeah. those people because that's like saying that PTs are bad because like there's some incredible we're lucky enough to work with people who are CrossFit coaches who are bloody good at being incredible PTs yeah, yeah. but you know we're lucky as well that they're around us so they're more open minded about what we do yeah. they know that we've got our jam and they know that they've got their jam yeah. and if I wanted to go do a physique type thing or a bodybuilding thing then you know those you are the guys I'm speaking. sure I saw a video of you doing curls uh, no, there was sorry, yeah, flies there's, there were flies flies oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure is, getting, coached, of getting coached flies. through flies you know flies, some yeah. boy um, but um, you know there's people who are going to be good at it uh, whatever they do yeah. and I just think you know you can't Gosh, CrossFit's got a brand. It's easy to just tie everyone underneath yeah, that. Exactly, man. And that's, that's the good and the bad. It's not a push pull leg You're brand right, that man. someone can tag and eight on. Should we just put it down there? Should we make one? Of push pull legs. Yeah, let's just let's pull around the table. Expand the domain now. Get it done. Let's yeah. get it. PPL. PPL.com. I'm going to guess that a typical CrossFit membership is probably somewhere between 50 and 70 pounds a month. Uh, well, depends I mean, where you are. Mate. It depends where you are. Okay. I mean, so, okay. Okay. so, so you that's, could, a, that's a good thing to say. So, like, we. When we first opened, our membership was 40 quid. Now it's 80 quid. Yeah. Because times have changed. We're offering more service. Mm-hmm. There's more competitors. Where, you know, we're still we're still reasonably priced within... within There's like investment in the gym yeah, as well. Yeah, you know, we spend yeah, price you get and stuff like that. Exactly. My, my point is that for, for that, even at the absolute top end, 
Like even if it was a hundred pounds, that's three hours of PT. Yeah, yeah. And when you think of you the get, service that you can get in comparison every to day. someone, yeah, yeah, exactly. Every day, and I think you know this is this shouldn't sing like a sort of CrossFit is the end, the, the the only solution to the problem of trying to get yourself fitter. But I do think that there's a number of elements in there: external accountability, a level mm-hmm. of intensity that you do not get when you sit in the gym. And yeah. the, the the main thing for me, or one of the main things for me, is that when you see a global gym now, having been in a CrossFit side for yeah. so long, you realise that someone's stepped into a gym, put the headphones in on their own. Even yeah. if they've got a training partner, the headphones are in while they're doing the set. They're sat looking in the mirror at yeah. themselves, yeah. lifting weights, steeping in their own neuroses, like <laughs> just wallowing in it. And you yeah. just think, bro, Why? like it doesn't have to be this way. Yeah. But like also, it genuinely does not have to be this way. Not only can you achieve more in less time. That's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. It's the time. The yeah, way in and out within an hour. Efficiency, like, yeah. Joe Public is in and, in and out within an hour. Even like competitive athletes that we have at the gym, they're not in there for longer than like two yeah. hours, two and a half hours. Maybe he's had a push. Yeah. That's and like there's a, a bit of yeah. yeah. You know, like I've watched people in our gym who come in and train on like the global side. They've been there for three hours. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Three hours? <laughs> it's getting, it's, it's getting <laughs> massive. It just say, I don't know. Like it seems like there, there must be a paradigm shift coming soon as far as I'm yeah. concerned. And I think one of the things is that you had the Ziz era that I don't even know. Paul, were you ever... What's previous? Ziz era? What's oh, mate, I kind of know what this right, is. Okay. Yeah. So I have no a, idea. There was a guy, like there was a a guy called uh, Aziz Shavirishan, um, who was uh, an Aussie fitness model yeah. um, dude who was really charismatic, had a big YouTube channel, and was like a fucking cool guy. Yeah. yeah. Shredded to bits, but was com- the, the ultimate bro. Like the tiny shorts, the string vest. Was he nutty, mate? Was he nutty? But this is this whole sort of like nattybodybuilding.com forums. Like he made his name on bodybuilding.com forums and there's memes and all the rest of the stuff and bits and pieces. Sadly died actually like five years ago. Um, And But that was the beginning of like the aesthetics bro era. Like the... Kind of coming back around as well. Also as well, it is trendy to be in good shape now. Absolutely. Things like, like... you can hammer Jolie Shaw as much as you want. Things like Jolie Shaw, all the lads on there. Good, Nick. Nick. Yeah. Now everybody wants to be in good shape. It's trendy to be in good shape. But when you look at That's clothes, you get muscle fit clothes. Yeah. Or like, everywhere. The whole, I think the par- I think you're right. I think the paradigm is shifting, but not just in like fitness, in like culturally right. as well. Yeah. Like it's now frowned upon to be out of shape. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Is. So I think one of the things to bring that back around again is that those guys that were watching Ziz and were like part of this whole like tiny short stringer vest, yeah. bum bag, like muzzing dancing on the beach. Like Nothing wrong with that. Gabba DMB stuff. That's Nothing true. wrong with that. I don't understand that's, a single word you said. That's Tim 2009. That's Tim 2009. Cavos 11. Cavos 11. You know it. That is Cavos 11. I need to become yours. Twitter handle, Instagram on, profile, Twitter handle, um, Cavos11. So like if the, you flick down far enough, you'll see it. Go through media history, man. We'll find someone, put it in the video. Um, and so you had this, you had this kind of um, era of guys that was me, right? So that was me, 22, 23 years old. That was me. That was Those were the guys yeah. that I was looking up to. That was the training methodology. I was reading stuff like T-Nation, uh, bodybuilding.com, and all, all the different bits and pieces like that. And then those guys now, as far as I'm concerned, you get to your late 20s and you hit a fitness menopause. And I've been saying this for as long as I can remember now. You start to realize 
that being lean at all costs is not the only goal in fitness. Yeah. Yeah. And you start to think, ah, fucking chronically aware of, aware of my own mortality as I, reach, yeah. as I reach 30 here. Like, I need to be able to bend down and touch my toes. Yeah. I need to be able to get up a set of stairs without being out of breath. And it wasn't so long ago that I was reading stuff from guys that are doing comp prep and stuff like that who almost take pride in their lack of fitness. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, they oh, it's so funny. Like, diet. I couldn't put my yeah. socks on this morning after arms yesterday. And you're like, dude, like, that is, that is, that's not something to be proud of. I'm no. aware that you, you are, you're wearing that like a badge of honor. Yeah. But it is your body telling you that you fucked yeah. it. I don't know. I, I, like, I did it. I enjoyed trying to get fit. But when I was in Global Gym, I'm, I didn't know anything about fitness. I didn't really have the guts to go speak to a member of staff. They were too no. busy speaking to the girls or the juiced up guys. Yeah. The juiced up guys were just doing their own thing. I was scared to walk near the weight area. Like it was, it was terrifying. And I was in on my own. The only thing that I had was a copy of like reading the next, waiting for the next issues of men's fitness or men's health to come yeah. out to read and like try and figure out what I'm meant to be doing. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It was like, that wasn't social at all. That was pretty lonely. And that's yeah. one thing why I think like CrossFit does so well is because like you're coming in and you're getting told what to do. You're not having to go in and think, oh, well, what am I going to do today? Am I going to do back and arms? Am I going to do yeah. shoulders and legs or whatever? It's like you come in, you get brought in, you get warmed up. So you get given a specific warm up for the class that you're going to do. You then get told what you're going to do, show long movements. You get ran through the class. Everyone gets a high five and they're out the door, like all in an hour. Yeah. So you're getting, you're getting that mega high level of service and you're not having to think about it. I think that's a big, that's definitely a big deal for me that, you can talk yourself out of going to the gym an awful lot. Yeah. Like, you know, talk about, what are we, January 7th today, like a lot of people will be in the midst. Already, they've already dropped it. Already broken the New Year's resolution. Yeah. They'll be in yeah. the midst of, like, first week down, hmm. shit, like this isn't as easy as I thought it was going to be. It's good this to have fun now. Probably, it, the problem is, this isn't as fun as I thought it was going to be. People probably trained on Monday, they're still sore now. Yeah, absolutely. I did some stupid work that Tim gave me to do on Wednesday. Legs are still sore. Because I had like a week off over Christmas. Yeah. So imagine like what, having... What, what so, else was that to do with it? A lot of bad food. And I went on a detox. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> I went on a detox. Detox has ruined my keto life. Keto for Christmas? I went keto after Christmas. It's killed us. You went keto? I didn't go keto. <laughs> so I didn't go like keto. I basically just ate no carbs. I, I didn't what, eat what no carbs. I ate, I ate veg. <laughs> but I wasn't eating the stupid high amounts of fat. Right. So I was basically just eating protein. Why? Uh, and fat. You got fat. Got fat. Mm-hmm. Jordan Wallace got fat. Mega fat. Fucking hell. I mean, I always rock a bit of a dad bod, but I was rocking like super dad bod. So I was like, right, I'm going to sort it out January 1st. I'm getting done. So I came in, saw Tim. Tim does all my nutrition. Tim and Paul do all my training. And um, I was like, right, Tim, I'm, uh, I'm on detox. I'm getting sorted. So that was Tuesday. By Friday, I was like, Tim, I'm off the detox. Oh, detox. I'm detox is gone. I'm I trained on Wednesday and Thursday and, I, 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 and Friday. Couldn't walk. Gassed. Like broken, like totally broken, just by not eating enough food. So, um, yeah, I'm off the detox. Detoxes are bad, man. Yeah, they they, are bad. they're not good. But that's see again with that. Like, I want to do another another podcast that we focus solely on this, but we can touch on it now about using performance as uh, CrossFit being able to use performance as a metric for everything else that you're doing in your life because your performance is mitigated by all of the other influences that you have. It's yeah. mitigated by your sleep and your diet and your mood and your rest and your mobility and your everything is yeah. tested by it. Yeah. Whereas 
if you're feeling under the weather, like I, I had a, that stomach bug at the start of the week and I went in, AIDS. I had full blown yeah. AIDS. You only get it once though, so you're all right. That's true. Yeah. Fuck. It's in now. Um, <laughs> spread the <that. laughs> Spread it. Uh, <laughs> be a rabbit. <laughs> When and you go in and you're like this is really quite a lot harder gravity feels like so much harder yeah. than it does usually but if you're hanging out your ass or you're hungover or whatever let's yeah. say usually a hangover is a really good example if, you, if you're hungover and you go in and you have to do a class you're going to know that you're hungover if you're hungover and you have to go in and do buys, buys tries and abs on like yeah, a through bodybuilding get through. you can just dial back the level of output sufficiently yeah. down wherever you need and I think what's What's interesting is that if you were to, if you were to use CrossFit as you were growing up to just judge how you're getting on with the rest of your life, am I sleeping all right? Yeah. Like, is my relationship with my bird okay? Like, because my state of mental health, when I get into a workout, I have these, ne- like a lot of negative self-talk that comes through. Is that maybe because I've got a little bit, I'm a little bit negative at home at the moment or I'm yeah. a bit stressed at work because work's going too bad or whatever it is. Like you use the performance as a, a barometer for how everything else is going which is really, really useful as opposed yeah. to going in and going like, I look 2% leaner today. I yeah. don't look 2% leaner yeah. today. Yeah. And I think one of the, one of the key takeaways for me from CrossFit has been externalizing your progress or um, yeah, externalizing your progress. So usually what would happen, like you could be doing a cut through a physique competition and wake up one day, right. 10% wake up, right. that is you right now. That's me right. Wake up one day, 10% body fat and be in a bad mood and think that you look really, really shit, put 2% two, two body fat on and be in a better mood three weeks later and think that you look good. I think what you're saying there, though, Chris, which is, is cool, but all those things are, like, subjective. Mm, completely subjective. Cross Whereas it's CrossFit is totally... Ob- it's objective. Like, it, it is. It's co- completely... Um, you know, you can, you can actually look at the numbers. There's mm-hmm. numbers there that show you that... And that's where the open better. comes in. Yeah, exactly. The so test like, of fitness. Exactly. Like, you can do the open in 2015 and come, you know, whatever. Like, say, top 10%. You do it two years later. If you come in top 8%, guess what? You've got better. Mm-hmm. Like, it's why we do... Um, it's why we do these benchmark workouts in the classes, like Helen and Fran and all these things, because you can see that you're getting better. And it's, you know... Nobody can lie about it. If you got three minutes off, say you got five minutes month one, you do it again at month 12 and you get three minutes, you got two minutes better. Yeah. doesn't matter whether you've had a yeah. bad day, you've had an argument with your missus, you've had a Burger King, whatever, 100%. you've got better. Like, and you can't tell me yeah. that you haven't because the proof's in the pudding. It's there. Five minutes, three minutes, there you go. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Whereas all the stuff that you've mentioned, like about do you look any leaner you know have you got any bigger it, it is really very subjective well that's why I think it's that's why I think it's so unhealthy and it, it leads to people having um, jaded ideas about what they should and shouldn't be doing with regards to their training yeah that, that it is so subjective and then let's take it to the nth degree and say you're going to do a competition you're then externalising that's subjectivity yeah, because it's still not someone it. is objectively bigger, objectively leaner because it's aesthetics, which is yeah. by its very nature subjective. Yeah. And you think, well, that to me just leads to like, I'm not surprised there's so much fucking anxiety. Yeah. Like it's, that is the cookie cutter for how to create anxiety in someone. I don't know if I look good enough, but I hope that I do. Yeah. yeah. You can't sit on edge, aren't you? Of course you don't know what you, what, what, course, what right. if you, if you know, if you know that, you can deadlift, Sam Danson knows he can deadlift 600 pounds. 
a deadlift ladder comes up and yeah. the top weight is 600 pounds he knows that he can pick it up yeah okay there's mitigating factors did he sleep did he pray yeah, yeah, yeah. but he knows he's got it and the seven mile run beforehand or seven k trail run beforehand last on the run first on the deadlift what my a man my man I'd have been the other way around first on the run last <laughs> on the deadlift so would you rather be sticky or itchy sticky so sticky Sticky, yeah, mate. Sticky. At least with yeah. sticky, you've got you know what I mean. Just there, like, just itchy. Start. It could just get worse. Yeah, itchy. sticky. You're only gonna you're gonna set stickiness. We're like. crossfitters. If we start amrap scratching, we're going in. <laughs> we're going deep. <laughs> we bleed. We bleed. Scratch until it's gone away. Yeah, exactly. Mate. Right. Okay. Would you rather fight twenty duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? One horse-sized duck. Damn right. Twenty duck-sized horses. No. Hundred percent. I want. No. I want the big. Sleep, I want the sleep, big ducks. Yeah, big duck. That's it. Easy. I want no. the big duck. One big duck, mate. Can you mate, imagine the level of aggression? Ducks are really aggressive know, and mate. small. I just, go, I just go for his legs. What a fucking way to go. Go for his little legs. Straight in there. I don't. Nah, think, I don't. I could kick twenty horse-sized ducks all over the shop. I don't duck even know. As long as you stayed below your anaerobic threshold you'd be able to you've got to pace it mate. you've, you've got to pace be able to it. spread them out into yeah. a small manageable do, funnel them like in 300 funnel them into Emom 3 Emom 3 what 3 kick, on the minute every kicks, minute until it's done yeah. so yeah. it's a 6 minute workout that isn't yeah. it power endurance yeah there you go <laughs> easy what, so you, what, what, you, what, you, what are you doing with the duck I want the big duck how are you going to attack it I don't care I'm willing to go how are you going to attack it that's the way to go right how are you going to attack it though what's your what's your strategy with this Horse-sized duck. You know what that duck would do? Would pull your face straight <laughs> off. It'd, I don't care. It would act. Your face would be gone. I don't care. I just want to see the big your duck. Your face yeah. would be gone. Big ducks would be awesome. I just want to see the big duck. They'd take over. Straight off as well. They would pull them yeah. hundred and whatever pounds. Why is he fighting me anyway? Why do I have to fight this duck? What circumstance comes up? To be fair, up? I would probably run away at 30 second intervals with a one and a half minute rest it would tire out a bit of fart do some fart like me do some fart like lampost stop lampost tire it out it would get it's massive it's so much muscle it's going to get that's, anaerobic that really quick I mean a duck's muscular can you imagine how I'm going to guess the problem ducks are pretty muscular pretty Mate, when, I mean, when you cook duck, one they're that, tasty there's a lot of meat that duck's going lactic to be fair Imagine how much money you get for that whole size duck. Yeah, that's so cool. Imagine how big the wraps would have to be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Them little pancakes, you're going to need loads. But you need a whole cucumber in each wrap. <laughs> you need a whole cucumber. <laughs> just, like, oh, just like a tortilla wrap. Yeah. Cucumber, duck, either side. Not what you think. But I mean, you could, Tesco was doing those horse burgers, weren't they? So that's you could true, just yeah. use the miniature, like. Yeah. Um, money to be made there anyway. There is. Would you rather be able to attract any lady you want by wearing a special magic fedora and saying the words "milady," <laughs> or be able to run at five times your current speed, but you have to put your arms behind yourself like and, make, and make airplane noises? I'd do the airplane noises all airplane. the time. Yeah, airplane noises first trip. You think? Yeah. Five, five times. Five yeah. times. But you're going to have to go... Okay. I don't care. You have to make. I go yeah, the whole thing. It's our heads. It's five times. What's the, what's the phrase? It's how much you're willing to squeeze the lemon or whatever it is. What's is the the juice worth the squeeze, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Airplane noises is worth total acceleration. Yeah. I mean, that's gonna be you're gonna be quick. Can you imagine beating everyone in the gym every time on every one and every word? But it looks like you're taking the piss as well. Yeah, you you're not even bothered. You are going to have to Can you imagine, right, if that actually happened and then there was a whole school? Of coaching that yes. came out of it, yeah. where other people were trying Aerodynamic, to replicate yeah. it. Yeah, be like pose running all over again. Do you think that 
it definitely seems, looking from the outside in, that specialists don't do tremendously well. Because no, because no, they'll get they caught out. So fast. They get caught out one thing. I mean, look at like Matt Fraser, for example. Like his first, um, like two or three years of CrossFit, he won a lot of competitions, but he also didn't do very well in a lot of competitions because yeah. if things played to his strengths, he could dominate. But then if things didn't, he was crippled. But then you saw what he's done is he's taken that and he's basically worked at those those elements in, its, in the singularity to make them a lot better. So he spent a lot of time on a bike, a lot of time on a row, a lot of time da, 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 to get better at the sport. Well, I suppose transferred over into CrossFit. I suppose the fact when you're talking about programming is that there's already a, a model in place for how to become a good rower. For yeah. how to become good within each of the four um, uh, areas of fitness, I suppose, or yeah. categories within which the workouts go into. Yeah. There's how you get good at deadlifting, how you get good at yeah. all of the different bits and pieces. So really, the a programmer doesn't th- that that's not anything special in terms of specialists. That's just knowledge deployment. Like yeah. read it, read it, and put it, in art, put it, it. together. Yeah, the same that's time. the thing. It's like okay, so you got that then. It's like okay, so you have got client taking a typical like a standard person. We've got periodized year. So it's like where are we going to focus on those single aspects and how we're going to progress through the yeah. year focusing. So for us, we start the year with like hypertrophy and movement mechanics because we believe in quality of movement. So we're talking just um, after the open here. After the open, yeah. quality of movement, joint prep, because we're going to load you up in the next cycle and we need you to get strong, you know, quite far away from the competition, which we know is like a, a aerobic power kind of base thing. It's like, then we're going to load you up. So that's when we're going to hit you. But also we know that we need a continuously working that aerobic base mm-hmm. in, in it. So it's getting all these parts of when they're suited together and then putting it there. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the athlete who comes to you as the individual it's okay well where do they need to bias this where do we need to bias this cycle okay this guy needs a lot more strength work so actually this is going to be a a stronger feature throughout it and where something goes in something needs to come out so you just need to balance the programs based on where that goes in direction for that that client and Mm -hmm. that athlete or people or or as a population if it's like a a general block or something like that or Mm -hmm. the gym so you need to just look at all those facets and say actually this is fine so now we're approaching the open a couple of those blocks are taking up a sport now yeah, because we're like yeah. we've got three or four sport blocks, yeah. but we've still got one block which is like aerobic power, which is single modality. Because we still want to be developing mm-hmm. that that, but we need to try and fit all that in with everything else at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And, put, and, and, put, and putting and pairing movements that are appropriate. Yeah. So like cleans and cleans are there with like in a lot of crossfit workouts. We're there with like a ring dip or um, a toes to bar Hands on our bar muscle. Push pull, pull, mate. Push pull. Leg yeah, push pull, de- push pull de- deadlift and handstand push push-ups. Push-ups. Deadlift and handstand push-ups. Yeah. yeah. Like if you, if they thought, I mean, they might, they might change it, but you thought if they were going to put handstand push-ups in, it would be with a deadlift. Yeah. Or because a clean. Yeah. And all these other movements are yeah. all always, always like paired up with them. So I was going to say, that was, that was something we haven't touched on. What what are the particular pairings of movements that tend to go together? Thrusters, so, pull-ups, thrusters, burpees, why? deadlifts, handstand, because they're brutal. It's a, it's, they're in the same plane. Yeah. So like a thruster and a pull-up, they're in the same plane. So the thruster, the thruster we're talking push pull. front rack, front squat into an overhead press. Overhead press and then a pull-up is obviously a pull-up. So yeah. they're in the same plane, but mm-hmm. they're working in different directions. So uh-huh. you're basically getting smashed from both ends. That's <laughs> yeah. that's what's happening. Do you know what I mean? That That is what it is. Full so on Eiffel Yeah, yeah brutal. It's brutal. Squat snatches and or snatches and muscle ups. Yes. Deadlifts and handstand push So high skill, high skill. Because you're pulling in that direction, like you're pulling in that direction. Mr. Joshua, deadlift to so extension into flexion. Yeah, the other way around. Well, that's as, you as know, whichever way, the, whichever way the movements are, are, are going. Yeah. So snatches and burpees, snatches yeah. and chest to bar. All those different combinations. It's like 
it's the way that the body's moving. Obviously, anything with a burpee in, it, you're moving your body through the largest yeah. range of motion possible. Mm-hmm. You're literally going all the way down the ground and you're getting all the way up and leaving the ground. Mm-hmm. So anything with that in is going to be horrendous. And if it's a thruster going as low as you can to as high as you can, yeah, it's going to be just be kind of... Those combinations of range of motion. They're just brutal. So um, when we're talking... To bring it back to one of the points that I brought up at the start about why is CrossFit so hard? Like, why does it suck so much? Like, the feeling you're going through during a workout, let's say that you're doing something like Fran, which is 21-15-9 of thrusters and pull-ups. Yeah. Um, that, I think, the best times on the planet are sort of between two and three minutes for that, right? No, it's like sub-two now. But I mean for tip, t- typically typically in a box you'd probably put what like a 10 minute time cap on it or an 8 minute time cap on it. No, we, I'd drop it down more. Yeah more like 6 minutes. Okay. Six, six, seven seven minutes. minutes. So everyone, everyone can kind of get it done in that super, super short space of time. Yeah, yeah. providing so, the scale properly. Yeah is it like because your lungs are hurting an awful lot so your heart rate's high so that's one of the yeah. things that will be contributing to the pain I guess. But like Fran for like me for example now Fran doesn't really hurt that bad. No. Because I'm efficient with both the thruster and the pull-up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, when I first did Fran, I couldn't do 21 thrusters and broken. Yeah. So, 21 thrusters and broken brutalized us. Now I can maybe do 40 or 50 reps and broken without putting the bar down. Don't, yeah. don't call me on that. But, you know, like, <laughs> so it's not that bad. 21 pull-ups might be my max set of pull-ups. Now, now it's not. So, it's like, I could do Fran and, let's say, like, 230 comfortably. Yeah. But it's that little extra at the yeah. end to get it down to, like... 210 or whatever it's the same what we were saying which, about the roller yeah, earlier on which is what yeah. brutalises you and it's it's that it's again it's like just the efficiency of the of the movements mm-hmm. how well versed you are across so the road. if you were to put a, a flag in the ground that which has been the workout you felt the worst in in your entire CrossFit career can you does one come to mind or do a couple there's come many to okay, so, so the worst ones do some highlights the do worst highlights. ones by far are have basically been the final workouts of the Open so 2015, I was like, I knew I wasn't going to qualify, but I was, I was just outside of qualification for regionals as an individual. And the last workout came out, it was 27, 21, 15, 9, thruster, uh, calories on the rower and thrusters. So did it on the Friday night and um, it was hard, but it, it brutalizes, but it wasn't that bad. Did it again on the Monday, got like 10 seconds faster, but it, Killed us. Like, I was literally spewing all over the shop. Year after, same thing. Thrusters and burpees, spewed all over. This year, (laughs) thrusters and double unders, spewed all over. It's just that Mm. last workout is just so bad. And I think it's like the culmination of the whole five weeks coming to an end. Mm -hmm. All the pressure and stress and all that stuff just kills me. Like, absolutely Mm. kills me. Well, we saw, I I was watching you do 17.5 this year, which was nine thrusters... I think it was, was it seven thrusters? 35 and nine. 35 and nine. I don't even know. Yeah. Uh, ten, ra- 10 rounds of nine thrusters, 35 double unders, yeah. thrusters at 42. And I'm right in saying that you beat the two Icelandic girls. Like the two yeah, they got on that on. one. I think I came like second in Europe on that one. I think like second or third. Second quickest in Europe yeah. at that particular workout. Yeah. Like watching that to me was just like, I don't know, it was like there was another gear that I didn't think that people were able to get to, to reach with regards to it's that. It's just one of those things where that's just a good workout for me. Yeah. You know, like, put me doing 140 kilo squat cleans and that, that ain't happening, you know what I mean? But then you can watch someone like, um, you know, like Ben Duncan, who we've got in the gym, strong boy, can pick 140 up, like, it's no problem. Yeah. It's just, it's things that people are good at. I'm lucky that the Open tends to be, 90% of the time, things that I am good at. Mm. That's it. 
It's all it is. It could be anything. And then as you start to move towards regionals, the weights get a little bit heavier. A lot more mm. complex. The skills get harder. The movements get harder. The weights get heavier, and it's a lot. It's a lot harder. You know, it is. And it's not as great for someone like me, but then it's better for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so that must be difficult. There must be some athletes then floating around who would be great or would be good regionals and games athletes. Just yeah. can't get that. They just can't break through the open because yeah. they yeah, they're quite few. But it's the same as any sport. You got people who play Sunday league who are great who probably could play in the Premiership, but they just can't perform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's oh, they can't sport. stop the game. Yeah, the, season, the season starts with the Open. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, if you can't get through the Open, yeah. doesn't matter what else so you're good at it. because you're pretty... Yeah. There's clearly a domain and modality in a bunch of movements. Nobody's sitting there going, oh, but I'm the strong guy. Yeah, you're the slow guy. Yeah. You're the fucking slow guy. Get, get faster. Get more efficient at moving. You know, the things John's talking about are fundamental movements. A thruster is a squat yeah. and a press. Yeah. Like fundamental movements. Like you need to be able to move quickly through them. So if you look at the season as in, oh, I need to get this to get to that. The season isn't that. The season is the open into regionals, into, into the games. games. And some athletes know they're going to get there because they've already got like all of this stuff in the bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they just put it for, for other the people, it's like there's no point talking about what you would have done if you got past stage one. Should have, would have, could have, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So many people post, oh, what is it, came 12th, yeah. the regionals. But also, what people don't take into account. No, <laughs> you weren't there. Also, <laughs> you weren't there, you came 100 and... Yeah, you came through and nothing, the only knock on regionals, bro. But then what people don't take into account is, um, like, the fact that at regionals, it is entirely different to doing it in the gym. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, you get, you're, warm, you're warming up and you've got Miko Salo next to you. Like, do you realise how intimidating that is to have, like, someone who was the fittest man in the world at one point warming up on the row next to you? There's that that you've got to contend with and then you've got the fact that you've got to go in and sit and sit down for 15 minutes before you go on the floor. So it's like stuff like that that people don't realise that you have to do. You have to be there at a That's certain the time. Train well you can't go, mentality. You can't, you, can't do the money. you can't do them on you Instagram. Like, I'm just going to go to the toilet and get a coffee and have another knuckle yeah. or whatever. It's like, no, nah, no, nah, you will be there at this time. You will perform at this time. Yeah. Like, Dave Castro ain't waiting for anybody you know what I'm saying you, you're going on at that yeah. time that's it so it's like all of those things it's it's the classic thing and like Instagram's full of training, people training competing Instagram's different. full of people that will like do a regionals wad out of context yeah. do one regionals wad and say oh, I would have come this like, no yeah. you wouldn't have done because you have no idea what the people who were there are going through yeah. and yeah. how hard that and how hard that and harsh that environment is in such a quality way I mean it's like mm-hmm. freaking amazing to get there and mm-hmm. to go through it all but you know, it's the context is completely fucking different. Yeah, it's totally different. You're in Madrid, you've flown or whatever, or in Copenhagen, you've flown whatever there. You're in a pressure cooker of an environment. You've eaten some veggie chorizo. Yeah, <laughs> and everybody is like all out, giving it everything. It must be a very intimidating atmosphere to be in. And I think what's ah, it's, maybe it is an atmosphere, but I think it's just very different to you know people saying, "Oh, if I get there, I'll smash it." Yeah, you've got to get there first. And then you can go and see if you can smash it. I agree. I think what's interesting is that there's the parallels that you can draw between powerlifting. Like if you've picked the weight up in powerlifting before or in weightlifting or whatever it is, you know that you can pick it up again. Yeah. I think what makes CrossFit such a good observer sport is that you can see the narrative of the suffering going on within the person during the event. Do you know what I mean? Like you've you've got such a short window. Someone's someone's trying to deadlift 300 kilos at a local comp and they either get it or they don't and it's pretty much over yeah like within a couple of seconds you got three times yeah yeah and you're like right okay but then you watch someone do crossfit and the 
um, the spectrum from them failing yeah. or succeeding so big is that it's so drawn out yeah and there's such a narrative that's attached so to many it. variables in there and you get yeah, that's what makes it compelling watching right that's i think they've also good. done a very good job of like how the ch- how they've changed the sport in a way because like it used to just be it was a bit of a shit show like everyone would just be doing stuff at the same time and you wouldn't know where anybody was and someone would finish you'd be like whoa they finished <laughs> did he win did whereas he win? now it's like there's clear areas on the floor yeah. where people do things so you can go oh well he's 15 reps ahead because or, they roll the balls so right, and stuff yeah. like that also like they talk about it, the commentators always talk about it at the games it's like you've done Fran now you know when you watch someone do Fran at the games yeah. you know what that feels like you know what you felt like when you did that workout or you did those exercises and you can like completely relate to someone who even if they're in a completely different level to you like oh shit I've done that workout just yeah. like that guy except he how the fuck did he do it five minutes quicker than me yeah. Yeah. do you know what I mean and, 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 and but you can relate and to that because see away from a shark because yeah. even even if nothing else if you're a competitor you're a competitor alongside that person even if it's in a different yeah. part of the world and like a I different league I think that's one of the views of the open that a workout is issued and everyone from the person who just started two weeks ago to the best guys on the planet have to do it and to me it always seems impressive that I mean how many people did the Open last year like half a million I think it was like 400,000 not far like that, yeah. around, around, you know, 400,000 people did it worldwide and the guys that came top in that were all renowned names yeah. do you know what I mean like Noah Olsen is always going to be top five like and you think out of all of the variables that are going on in life and it is such a wide net of things that can yeah. go on and that can go wrong. And these guys are still so dominant with what they do that you can give them this guy. And yeah, maybe it's well within their capacities or whatever because it's, yeah. a, it's an easy workout. Or maybe they're, they're so much further ahead of If else. they're meant to be at the games, they will do great in the Open. The people that, the people that do well at the games tend to do well in the Open and do well at regionals. Like... Um, it's it is what it is. It's rarely it, it, it an also ran from the open that yeah. smashes it. It the finds games, the right? fittest people. It does, especially now that they've added in like a heavy element. So in the past, it used to all be light, and it didn't find the fittest people because, like for example, for me in twenty fifteen, a one out max cleaner came up, and I came like fifth. There were two parts of the workout. First workout, I think I came ninth. The second one, I came like four hundredth. Yeah, I'm not fit. It's that easy. I'm just not fit enough. Mm-hmm. There you go. You know what I mean? That there's no, it's black or white. I'm fit or I'm not, and I wasn't. So then I didn't go that year. But then 2016 came along, and there was a heavier workout, but it was blended with other skills. So it was like heavier workout, heavier lift, but within a workout. So it was a blend of your ability to do toaster bar, double under, and then rep a heavy barbell. Mm-hmm. And when that came out, I was able to. I still had a terrible finish. That it came like 180s in Europe or whatever. But I was still eight. That was still high enough to allow me to then I guess go to the next stage. Something that's slightly less um, partitioned will weed out people that are specialists a little bit more yeah, effectively but, as well. So the point I was trying to make there was, it it found the fittest people. You know, you can complain about it and go, well, oh, it was a heavy workout. I'm not prepared for it. Well, no, if I was fitter, i.e., stronger, my fitness was more rounded. I would have been all right. Yeah. So it identified a massive gaping hole in 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 my fitness. Um, and people find that every year you know like the dumbbells totally trip people up this year like I said you know people spent all last year doing percentage lifts percentage snatches percentage cleans 22 kilo dumbbell messed them up <laughs> 250 reps of dumbbell snatch broken people were getting like 20 minutes on that first workout people who had previously been to regionals previously competed at a high level just got wrecked. like 20 minutes on the, on, a, on the dumbbell snatch workout like what are you doing 
That's a massive. That's a massive. Yeah, hole and then get messages like, "Oh, I would have crushed it if it had a barbell in." I wish that was thirty kilos. Like, I would have killed that. Yeah, but it wasn't. Uh, like twenty-two and a half, really and it wasn't. blew your back off. Boo, yeah. boo, boo. You know what I mean? Get a grip. I think. I think that what's what's really really funny to see is that there's there really is nowhere to hide, is there? No. Like with regards yeah. to like when people have underperformed, like I guess bad judging. Like if you get absolutely nailed by a judge who doesn't understand the standards, but that doesn't seem to really happen all that much at regionals and at the games. No, but no, aside no. from that, like, <laughs> the, <laughs> oh, we've stepped in. Ah, no, it goes both ways though. I mean, you get let off for stuff as well. Yeah, you get penalised for stuff. You win, you, you, win stuff. you win and you lose. This is pistols, yeah. right? It is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> pistols in the left leg and the turn. Yeah. But anyway, we'll brush um, over that. But yeah, the, what you're saying is really, really right. That if someone fucks it, they fucked it. Like you, the thing about the dumbbells, yeah. like I'm right in saying there was no barbells even in regionals either. Well, the only barbell workout in this year in the open was the deadlift, thruster. Oh, the thruster. yeah. And then in regionals, no, no, there was the there was a squat snatch as well. Squat mm. snatch, yeah, correct. The last three, yeah. Yeah, in regionals there was uh, it no. was mo- it was all dumbbells. Yeah, that was it. The region regionals had absolutely no barbell. A D ball as well, so like they had to put the ball over the yeah. over the back. Uh, then those heavy kettlebells, heavy kettlebells, no barbells, which are, which are fucking. And you saw someone like Alex Smith who has struggled to go to the games in, in the past. When that stuff comes up, that he's really good at wins his region. Beats his brother Ben Smith, who's like the fittest man on the earth in twenty fifteen, because he's good at that stuff. Mm. So it shows you that, like, even though you have to be good at everything, if you're good at specific things, mm-hmm. you will excel in certain years. It's why someone like Fronin and Fraser are so impressive because they win year on year. Doesn't matter about the programming. Yeah, they win. Do you know what I mean? All we do is win. All we do is win. We win no matter what. <laughs> Guys, That's thank you very so. much. We're gonna uh, we're gonna do this again a number of times, but thank you very much for your time. Um, we dominate nutrition, Reebok Cross with Tyneside, Build Up North, Warrior Programming. All those bits will be in the description. And uh, thank you, Gabby. Okay, cheers, thank you.